0: Today's episode, special post-game podcast weekend episode of Lockdown Wolves is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to builtbar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15. You'll get 15% off your next order. Happy weekend, happy Saturday, and happy victory weekend for the Minnesota Timberwolves. The Wolves beat the Miami Heat. Jimmy Butler in the Miami Heat on Friday night, and um, it's it's a good weekend. The Timberwolves have Saturday off. They get back in action on the road on Sunday, a tough game at the LA Clippers. But on the heels of a couple of blowout, disappointing matinee, weird, fanless, it's it's, it's nice to be able to say that not having fans is weird. Carl um, Anthony Towns list games uh, on the one-year anniversary and around the one-year anniversary of his mother's tragic, tragic passing just a weird, disappointing week for the Timberwolves. And, and obviously, uh, beyond all that, there's there's the tragedy that happened in Brooklyn Center with Dante Wright, um, which is far more important than basketball. But just the last week has been, um, it's just been a, a really tough one for the Timberwolves. And to be able to beat Jimmy Butler, beat the Heat by eight on Friday night before they head out on the road, close the the homestand on a positive note was was certainly a positive thing. Um, so I want to do what we typically do on postgame podcasts. That's a quick game flow here off the top. Then we'll talk about the major key takeaways in this one, what went well and what didn't for the team. And then we'll look at individual studs and duds and peek ahead briefly here at, at the upcoming road trip as well. So um that's the show for today. If you're not already following the, the podcast, please do. You can follow anywhere you get podcasts. That includes Apple, of course, also Google, Spotify, and the brand new, all new Odyssey app. It's Odyssey, A U D A C Y. And uh, as I said, wherever you get podcasts, you can also follow on Twitter at Locked T Wolves and at B Beacon. It's B Beacon, two B's, two E's, C K E N. Okay, so the Wolves actually got off to a fairly slow start in this one, and and setting the stage, Towns is back after missing Tuesday's. Tuesday's game and Wednesday's game losses against Brooklyn and Milwaukee, respectively, and they were ugly. They were really ugly losses, and uh, the games the Bulls were out of basically by halftime. Um, I think it was the Brooklyn game; they were out of by the second quarter. And this was that Miami came into the game just a game over five hundred. They've been a pretty streaky team all year. They're largely healthy now, outside of Victor Oladipo. So it was not an easy game. But I said on the on the Friday show. This was certainly a winnable game. The Wolves would have no excuse to not be in this thing down the stretch, whether or not they won. And that's exactly what happened. The Wolves had a terrible first quarter, but outside of that, they were the better team throughout this game. Um, They were a minus 11 in the first quarter. Miami got out to a 37-26 lead, and it was mostly just kind of bad transition defense, which we've seen a lot of. Um, Jimmy Butler scored a bunch of points early. And the, Heat's, the Heat offense isn't actually all that dynamic. They're not a good three-point shooting team. Jimmy Butler is a, a, a horrendous three-point shooter on the season. Um, and, it, it you know, obviously the Wolves aren't a good defensive team. But if you're going to slow anybody down, Miami isn't exactly world beaters on offense. And the Wolves would have had they certainly nowhere near where, uh, you know, like Milwaukee and Brooklyn are, for instance. Um, but the Wolves didn't do that in the first quarter. Miami got out to that double digit lead. Towns was in early foul trouble and things looked like they could get really ugly. And then kind of early mid second quarter, the Wolves went on an extended run. It was like a like a fifteen to four run or something like that. And tied the game at forty one. Eventually took the lead. Um and Towns picked up his third foul before halftime. So he was in foul trouble. Jade McDaniels picked up three quick fouls. But Nas Reed and D'Angelo Russell were both really good. And, and D'Lo, of course, is still coming off the bench. And those guys did a ton offensively. This was a fantastic Nas Reed game. And we'll talk a lot more about him later, of course. Um, but... For as inconsistent as Nas has been for most of the season, and, and as terrible as he was, frankly, on Tuesday and Wednesday this week, he was really good in this game, and was a huge part about uh, a huge part of the Wolves getting back in the game, eventually taking the lead in the second quarter, and hanging around in this game throughout Towns foul trouble because he picked up his fourth foul partway through the third quarter and sat until about the 10 or 11 mark in the fourth quarter when, of course, he was able to play the rest of the game until he fouled out. But Nas had to do a lot, not just as a four next to Towns, but primarily as a five in in place of Towns with Towns off the court in this game. Um, As the game went on, I mean, the fourth quarter was a lot of D'Angelo Russell. Ricky Rubio had a strong fourth quarter. Wancho Hernan Gomez had another great game after a strong game on Wednesday, and the Wolves built a little bit of a lead. Uh, the Wolves were up six when Towns fouled out with about two minutes to go, just under two minutes. And then Nas Reed had a, a monster offensive rebound, got to put back on offense. After the Heat scored again, uh, Anthony Edwards came down, had a he had a quiet night, Edwards did, but he had a, a huge assist on the Wolves' final field goal of the game to get Vanderbilt uh, a bucket in the paint. And that was basically the dagger, getting the Wolves up six with under a minute to play, about 45 seconds or so left. And and uh, they hit a couple of free throws to seal it. But um, the way this game went was, was actually pretty impressive that the Timberwolves were down 12, would have been easy to fold up shop, especially with Towns in foul trouble, Jaden McDaniels in foul trouble. And instead, Nasri, D'Angelo Russell, Juancho Hernan Gomez, Ricky Rubio, those guys all had really strong games. And, and when Towns was on the floor, to be clear, he was basically unstoppable. And I'll talk about this in takeaways, but the Heat were doubling him as hard as anybody has. And Towns, for the most part, Maintained his composure, was effective offensively, drew some fouls and um, Minnesota stuck with it. And that's not something as simple as that sounds. It's not something we've been able to say very much about the Timberwolves effort this year um, and and about how they've they've come out of some of these games that that are certainly winnable. um, You know, and this one was exactly that. Okay. I want to talk about key takeaways and there certainly are some, how the Heat defended Carl Anthony Towns, um, how the Timberwolves responded to that and what the Wolves did defensively in this game, which was actually really impressive. First of all, let's talk about the title sponsors of today's program. And that is Built Bar. The new and approved Built Bar is even more delicious than ever. Built Bar, if you're somehow not familiar, is the best tasting protein bar of all time. Tastes exactly like a candy bar, no exaggeration. Uh, of the new flavors, Caramel Brownie, Cookies and Cream, Cherry Barcia are all my favorite. Cherry Barcia, sneaky good flavor. If you like cherry anything, you're going to love the Cherry Barsia built Bar. Uh, there's 18 total flavors you can choose from on their site. Every single one is covered in 100% chocolate, and they're all soft and easy to chew. Bilt Bar is perfect if you're health conscious, if you're trying to lose, or maybe even just maintain, some weight, maintain your weight while still indulging in a delicious treat. Also, every single Bilt Bar is low-calorie, low-sugar, high in protein and high in fiber. And if you're on the keto diet, they're perfect. You can go to BiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15. You'll get 15% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKED15 at BiltBar.com. You'll get 15% off your next order. You can get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes, Monday through Friday with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. Okay, uh, let's talk key takeaways from this game. Number one, the Miami heat Double team Carl Anthony Towns on the catch almost anywhere on the floor. There were he they actually doubled him out on the perimeter a couple of times in this game, and as soon as he was anywhere near the paint, they were bringing two and sometimes three players, which we've seen teams have uh, extreme levels of success doing this. I think Houston was one of the teams that you know they're not good, and they were like let's just send everybody at Towns and make somebody else beat us, and it worked one out of two games. Um, but the Heat doubled him extremely hard in this game the foul trouble, there was, I think, only one offensive foul for Towns. There were a couple of loose ball fouls. There were a couple of cheapies. There was one real cheap one on a rebound that Towns probably should have grabbed. He just missed it. And then when he went to retrieve it, he ran into whoever on the heat was called for a foul. Um, And it was just kind of a, you know, wrong place, wrong time. Somebody fell over, so they had to call a foul. And Towns, Hasn't been in as much foul trouble of late. In this game, he was he fouled out in just 26 minutes and only got to attempt 14 shots because of it. He also only had five assists despite all the double and triple teams. But that's how hard the Heat were were double and triple teaming him. Is he didn't have the opportunity to make clean passes to a teammate. I mean, it was uh, he did commit three turnovers, but for the most part, he handled it well. And when he got the opportunity, he was scoring. I mean, he was making shots. He was four of four outside the arc. He was only four of 10 inside the arc because he was trying to score through these double and triple teams so much. Um, he did get seven free throw attempts. He only made four, which is uncharacteristic for how he shot free throws this year, especially. Um, but the way that the heat just kind of collapsed on Towns, we're starting to see, we're, we're continuing to see this. However, we're finally starting to see the Timberwolves make teams pay. Why is that? Because D'Angelo Russell can shoot the ball. He made three threes in this game. At least two of them were off of pass out of double and triple teams, um, either the initial pass, the assist to Towns, or a hockey assist from Towns when the when the Wolves rotated the ball around the perimeter. But guys like Wancho, um, even, I mean, Rubio's been shooting the ball better lately too, but um, Wancho, Ant is good off catch and shoot opportunities. D'Angelo Russell, these guys are dynamic shooters or they can be, they should be based on their career shooting percentages, especially Hernan Gomez and and D'Angelo Russell. Um, Those guys are going to get their opportunities on kickouts from towns. If teams are going to double and triple team him and the wolves weren't making teams pay without D'Lo. You know Ricky Rubio is has been an okay shooter at times. Last year he was thirty six percent, but he's been pretty bad for most of this year and for much of his career. Teams aren't going to respect that. They're going to double off of Ricky Rubio every single night of the week. You can't double off D'Angelo Russell, and they tried it. It didn't work. He was three of six on threes. D'Lo had eleven points in only twenty four minutes in this game, and was really good. Um, so. The Wolves, what they need to do, and this is a bigger picture conversation, but getting into the offseason, Minnesota just needs to keep finding knockdown shooters, and it seems obvious, but it's a huge part of what this team's going to do if they're running their offense, as they should, through towns consistently. Um, Jade McDaniels is another example of somebody who's pretty good in catch-and-shoot opportunities, and he was quiet in this game because of the early foul trouble, but... If he can continue to improve his offensive game and it's not just a catch and shoot, but it's a pump fake and drive, which we don't see much of from him or we haven't to this point. Um, that's just another level of dynamic offensive play that you can put around Towns. And even if McDaniels doesn't initiate offense with the ball in his hands, to be able to put the ball on the floor and make defenses pay for over committing to Towns is going to be huge moving forward. Um Secondly, in addition to the uh, to the way that the Heat played towns, the Timberwolves defense was really good in this game. And yeah, they gave up 111 and they gave up 37 in the first quarter. But between the second and third quarter, which is when the Wolves caught up, took a lead and then actually they were down 5 headed to the fourth quarter. But those two quarters combined, they only gave up 56 points. That's that's okay compared to what the Wolves have been doing lately. They also only gave up 18 points in the fourth quarter. And and yeah, the Heat had some issues knocking down shots. But he'd also shot 49% from the floor, 41% from three. I mean, they they mostly were making, Trevor Reza hit five threes in this game and they weren't all wide open threes. The Timberwolves defensively were actually scrambling. They were recovering. They were guarding ball screen action extremely well um, and were mostly playing drop coverage in this game. But Towns was, you could tell he was locked in. He was fresh. He had fresh legs. He was moving his feet. And the Wolves were making things difficult on the Heat for the most part. I mean, Jimmy Butler still ended up with 30 points, 10 rebounds, eight assists, and was a plus four in this game. Um, But the Wolves, to to that point, the Wolves did what they needed to do with him off the court. When Butler was off the court, the Wolves made hay, um, and they were able to do more of themselves offensively. That's how good Jimmy Butler is defensively. But having um, you know Kendrick Nunn or Tyler Hero, who is not good in this game, Tyler Hero's had a terrible season. To have those guys initiate an offense, um, you know, Goran Dragic is a good player, but they're not Jimmy Butler. And when those guys had the ball in their hands, the Timberwolves defense was able to to basically dictate where the, the Timberwolves defense was able to dictate, dictate play. And we don't see that very often from this team, but they were locked in defensively. As I mentioned, Cat was active. And outside of Jimmy Butler, the Heat didn't really have anybody that could do anything consistently. There was a brief stretch, kind of late third, early fourth quarter, where the pick and roll game was really great. And it was Butler and Bam Adebayo primarily. And Adebayo is fantastic. He's so much fun to watch. He's a great defender. He can score from around the elbows and in, um, you know, he, he short rolls a lot of times on ball screen action. And so he's kind of making those short jumper floaters, but he can also get into the paint and score at the rim. Um, Thankfully for the Wolves, the Heat got called for a handful of offensive fouls and were just fairly sloppy. I mean, Adebayo had a couple on on uh, illegal screens. Um, I believe Precious Achua had a couple, at least one. Um, and, and the Heat got a little sloppy, which worked to the Wolves' advantage. But Minnesota made things difficult for Miami on the defensive end of the floor, to be sure. Um, and that was really, really impressive. Um, the one other thing for key takeaways is the point guard rotation for the Wolves. So Ricky Rubio started and played 32 minutes. D'Angelo Russell only played 24 minutes and Jordan McLaughlin played 16. So the way that the Wolves handled this was a very clean, there was always two guys on the court at once. Uh, Rubio played like half of his minutes with D'Lo and half of them with Jordan McLaughlin. And I mean, you you add that up, right? Like, l- look at this, Rubio and McLaughlin together played 48 minutes. D'Angelo Russell played 24 minutes. So that's, I, I guess, one way of looking at that is there was Two of those guys were always on the court together and it was a very, and I don't know if this was intentional, but a very clean, exact rotation where, you know, Rubio started the game, D'Lo came in and shared those minutes with Rubio. Then Rubio sat, McLaughlin came in and played with D'Lo and then the rotation started over again. McLaughlin was pretty good. He was quiet. He only had two points in 16 minutes, but he was a plus 12. He was active defensively and, and just kind of, you know, was better than we've seen of, from him of late, D'Angelo Russell only attempted eight shots in 24 minutes and was again playing off the ball quite a bit late. And the Wolves were putting the ball in Rubio's hands, and not even as much Anthony Edwards. And Rubio had a solid game, but um, I think what we're going to see it, it just depends on the night. I mean, the other night when the Wolves won, uh, I think it was Sunday when they when they won last. Rubio didn't close the game. It was D'Lo, it was Anthony Edwards, and I, it was either a Kogi or McDaniel's at the three. But but the Wolves. Put the ball in Edwards' hands. They put it in Delo's hands because they're more dynamic offensive players who can get to the rim, who certainly can shoot the three. Both at a at a at a more dangerous clip than Ricky Rubio. This was a good Rubio game, so I understand why the Wolves did it, and it obviously worked out. But. Um, it's going to be really interesting to watch how that fluctuates over the final month of the season. You know, who's got the ball in their hands in crunch time. Rubio ended up actually playing a team high 32 minutes in this game, which is interesting for a number of reasons. I mean, this wasn't like a blowout either direction. The wolves didn't have anybody play more than 32 minutes. So I think part of it is we're seeing a more conscious effort to spread these minutes around now that, you know, they're, I mean, the season's over for the Timberwolves, right? They just need to f- keep guys healthy and figure out lineup combinations. Um, and so we're seeing these minutes kind of fluctuate across the board, but at any rate, I think the point guard rotation was handled extremely well in this game. Okay, uh, lastly here, let's do individual studs and duds. We'll peek ahead at the schedule, Wolves Clippers on Sunday. Uh, before we do that, though, let's talk about our friends at BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. The NBA, MLB, and NHL are all in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today. Receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. That promo code, by the way, is locked on. That's 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the promo code locked on. Get more analysis on the top prospects available in this year's NBA Draft with the Locked On NBA Draft podcast. Scouting reports, draft rumors, mock drafts, and more four days a week from credentialed draft experts. Follow the Locked On NBA Draft podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. Okay, let's talk individual studs and duds from Wolves Heat. Um, fairly easy. In fact, most players on the Wolves had a, a pretty good game in this one. Um, number one, studs for me, Carl Anthony Towns. I get that he fouled out. I get that uh, he had a couple of silly fouls and he got frustrated and, and that happens, but he was really active defensively. He withstood the double and triple teams for the most part stayed. He didn't do, it wasn't, this wasn't a crazy Carl complaining night for the Timberwolves. He, he did okay. He, some of the fouls were emotional fouls, but for the most part, in a game where he easily could have gotten frustrated with the amount of contact he was taking, he stayed calm, put up 24 points in 26 minutes on only 14 shots, made all four of his three-point attempts, five rebounds, five assists, and uh, was a plus one in his 26 minutes. And this was a good game from Towns. Uh, defensively, to me, was, was the thing that impressed me the most in this one. Um, and he only had one block, so this wasn't like a, a block party for him. It was just solid pick-and-roll defense activity. He was super engaged, um, all those things. Uh, Just a really good game from Cat. And and also, not. I mean, clearly, the Wolves were just blown out of the water on Tuesday and Wednesday. And just having Towns on the court, even though he only played 26 minutes, barely more than half the minutes in the game, right? He still made a huge difference, just his presence and also just how good he was when he was on the court. So he's a stud in this one. Um, Talked a little bit about Nas Reed early. He, to me, was maybe the most important player, certainly outside of Towns, on the floor for the Wolves. He had 16.7 rebounds in only 22 minutes. He was active on the glass, active offensively. He missed three threes, but he was six of nine on two-point attempts and made four or five free throws. He was getting to the free throw line. He had another monster dunk. He's averaging like one or one and a half of these a game lately um but 16.7 rebounds two assists zero turnovers was a plus seven in 22 minutes still it, he's not the same defender as towns he, he's not as good defensively as carlton towns is um and, and towns has been pretty good on defense this year despite the narrative that's probably still out there um but Nas played exclusively the five in this game he didn't play the four because towns was in so much foul trouble and he was really good 16 seven and two no turnovers in 22 minutes, the Wolves will take that 10 times out of 10 from Nas Reed. Um, the third stud for me in this one's is Juancho Hernan Gomez. He was fantastic. Juancho ended up with 14 points, six rebounds, two assists, six of 10 shooting, made two threes. He actually missed four threes. He was two of six outside the arc and eight, uh, or excuse me, four of four on two point attempts. He was getting into the paint, had a couple of nice drives, hit a tough reverse layup on a fantastic pass from Towns. And, um, was great. He tied for the team best in plus minus, plus 19 in just 23 minutes. And again, I mean, just like with Nas, the Wolves will take 14 and six and uh, 60% shooting, two threes every night from Juancho Hernan Gomez. This was fantastic. Um, Exactly the type of thing that Chris Finch wants to see out of Juancho. And he's going to keep getting minutes moving forward. Uh, I mean, the Wolves are trying to, A, see if he could fit this team, if if this is truly the Juancho that the Wolves thought they were getting when they extended him in the offseason. And B... I mean, he rebuilds some trade value, right? I mean, he's only got one more year guaranteed after this one. He's got the, the, the team option for year three. But if he finishes this year strong, I mean, he could actually, his contract won't be seen as an issue. It'll see, be seen as fair value if he plays like this every night. Um, plus the option that a team would have on a third year or – at that point a second year, he could actually build himself into a positive or at least neutral trade asset for a salary match or something in the off season. So uh, I think we'll see plenty more of Wancho here moving forward. Um, that's it for studs because we only do three of these a game, but I got to mention a couple of other guys. Ricky Rubio had 17 points, four assists, three rebounds, two steals in this game, five of 10 shooting, made all five free throw attempts and it was two of five on threes. This was about what I would have expected out of Rubio at the start of the season, right? I mean, he's had better games. He's certainly had worse games, but 17 points on 10 shots, you know, contributing in the assist, steal, rebound, columns, playing 32 minutes. That all seems about what I would have expected. Sharing the court with another point guard for I think the entirety of his 32 minutes. This, you know, bottle this up. This is exactly what I would have anticipated as a regular scenario for Rubio this season for the Wolves. Something like a 17-4, 3-2 and two line couple of threes, um, good defense. This is what I would have expected. And Rubio had a massive steal at the end of this game. He was denying the catch to Duncan Robinson and poked the ball away, got the Wolves a possession when the, when the Heat were, I think, down six with just a little over a couple minutes to play. Um, so a good game from Ricky. And this is what, again, both Ricky and Wancho, these are the games the Wolves expected to see from them early this year. What would have happened had they played like this back in December and January? I mean, I guess Towns was still hurt, but... You know, I mean, I mean, this is this roster doesn't isn't completely void of talent. This is a talented roster. These guys just weren't playing as expected early the season. And then you layer on the issues with the you know, all the all the COVID protocols and the injuries and all that stuff. Um, but Rubio, Juancho Hernan Gomez, Nas Reed, um, these guys are all solid players. Oh, Joshua Kogi's another one. I, and man, I, can't even give him a stud. We ran, we ran out of room, but 10 points on four shots for Josh, 25 minutes, great defense, another really active game. He's had a great week for the Timberwolves. Um, And then one more that I got, I mean, I guess we're talking about basically everybody at this point, but Anthony Edwards, really quiet game for him, but it's one of his better games of late. He, and I don't know if this was just because, you know, Towns was back and they were kind of course correcting in terms of how the offense was running and who was getting shots but Anthony Edwards only attempted 13 shots in this game, which I guess was still second on the team. It just didn't seem like it. He had 12 points on five of 13 shooting two of six on threes, five assists, four rebounds, only one turnover in this game. And he tied for the team best plus minus with a plus 19. If, if you had told me without, you know, if I wasn't looking at the box score at all, and you said Anthony Edwards was second in shot attempts and second in minutes, I would have said, you're crazy. This was a really quiet game from Ant. Um, but he was effective. He was good. Uh, and it wasn't exactly a tough defensive cover for him either. And I think that that matters too. I mean, you look at at Miami and and I mean, there wasn't, I mean, Trevor Reza had a really good game against the Wolves and, and I'd have to go back and look and see how much he was actually guarding Trevor Reza. I don't think it was that frequently. Um, but I mean, Ant didn't, wasn't being asked to do too much defensively in this game as, as he had been of late. Um, and I think that that probably helped. But at any rate, um, okay, duds. Jaden McDaniels, again, and mostly because of foul trouble, he wasn't bad, but he only played 16 minutes and was not on the court down the stretch because he only, he had three fouls early. And I didn't talk about this in the game flow or takeaways, and I, I could have, but Jared Vanderbilt was the closing power forward in this game. Shoot, he should have gotten a stud too. Um, he had nine points and 14 rebounds. He had 14 rebounds. Nobody else on the Wolves had more than seven. Um, two steals, an assist, a block. A really great game from Jared Vanderbilt. Um, I mean, I as I, Said kind of off the top, this was across the board, a really strong game for the Wolves. Could have picked almost any three guys and made a case for them as as one of the Wolves three stars, you know, three studs in this game. Um, so I guess the side note there is Vanderbilt was extremely active, nine points on four shots, 14 rebounds, all that stuff, plus 11 in 22 minutes. He was the closing four. Um, and basically was in the game when Jaden McDaniels wasn't for the most part. Uh, Wancho, I guess, played some minutes at the four, two, but um, both Wancho and Jaden McDaniels played a little bit at the three, as we've seen Chris Finch do lately. Uh, but Jaden McDaniels, mostly just because of foul trouble, he was he was kind of got the short end of the stick in this one. Um, and I guess if I had to if I had to pick a dud, it would be him. And I don't know that I'd pick anybody else. Jake Lemon played only five first half minutes, didn't record a stat, which I guess isn't great. But he also wasn't like actively bad he only played 5 minutes um so i i guess to to sum this up this was a strong full team performance start to finish uh, you know the first quarter i guess wasn't great but we'll call it start of the second quarter to the finish the final three quarters the wolves across the board this is one of the better full team efforts we've seen this season and I was impressed uh, with their effort defensively, with their cohesion on offense, the shot selection, the shot making. They shot almost forty-two percent on threes and fifty-two percent from the floor. And just remember, this team was like what thirty-four percent from the field Tuesday and Wednesday this week, and they were phenomenal in this game. And and the Heat, I, the Heat are a good defensive team too. I've talked about how they're not great on offense, but this is a top. They were what uh, sixth in defensive rating, and. I mean, the Wolves stuck it to them, dropped 119, and, and Towns only played 26 minutes. So it, it's it's hard to overstate um, just how good this performance was for the Wolves, especially on the heels of of the Tuesday and Wednesday games. Um, okay, Minnesota is now embarking on a, a four-city or four-night, I should say, road trip to the West Coast. It's been a while since they've been out, out to the West Coast. I think actually since... If I'm not mistaken, they haven't really been out there. I guess they had that brief one with the Lakers and Suns in March, but they haven't had an extended trip, multi-city trip, more than two city trips since early the season, right after the town's injury. Uh, but they'll be in LA to play the Clippers on Sunday night. That's a 9 p.m. Central tip on NBA TV. And then Tuesday, Wednesday, back-to-back games in Sacramento against the Kings, both 9 p.m. Central tips. And then they get two days off, finally, for the first time in what seems like forever. They'll be off Thursday and Friday before they play at Utah on Saturday. Of course, that last time they played the Jazz was uh, when Carl Anthony Towns um, hurt himself when he dislocated his wrist way back in game two of the season. So um, hopefully the Wolves can continue to stay healthy. Jalen Noel missed this game with his leg contusion, but um, outside of him and Malik Beasley, and Beasley won't be back maybe at all this season, but... Maybe here in about three weeks or so, they'll they'll give it a shot to see what he can do at the end of the season with Towns and Russell. Um, but this week, if this team can stay healthy and, and stay on the court, uh, you know, the Clippers are going to be tough, but there's a chance of winning at least certainly one, if not both games in Sacramento. And the Wolves have already played the Jazz tough and Utah Donovan Mitchell sprained his ankle uh, pretty badly on Friday, I believe. Um, so... I mean, there's there's some opportunities here to keep feeling good about the close to this season uh, for the Wolves. Um, but the Clippers, obviously, on, on Sunday are going to be a tough test. And uh, we'll have a post game pod late Sunday, early Monday that we'll post. So be sure that if you're not already following uh, this podcast, please do wherever you listen to podcasts, whether that's Apple, Google, Spotify, or the all new Odyssey app. That's Odyssey, A U D A C Y. And you can also follow on Twitter at Lockdown T Wolves and at B Beacon. That's B Beacon, two B's, two E's. C K E N. All right, that's all we have for you today here on the show. Thanks again for listening to Locked On Wolves, of course, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Remember, the Locked On Network is your local experts on all the biggest stories. And uh, a reminder that today's show was brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15. You'll get 15% off your next order. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Locked On Wolves Podcast, and we'll catch you next time.